The True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival will be held on August 25th through the 27th, 2023 in Austin, Texas. Join other ethical true crime podcasters, victim advocates, and paranormal creators for a weekend full of panels, roundtables, and live shows. Purchase your early bird tickets now at truecrimepodcastfestival.com slash tickets. Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. Morbid curiosity is a fascination humans can't resist. We crane our necks in traffic when we see a wreck, stare in wonder at a flickering flame, and marvel at dark clouds in the horizon crackling with lightning. We can't help but want to hear and see more of the magnificent and the unknown. Is it because our mortality reminds us every day that We are not long for this world. Or is it because we fear what comes after? Today's episode is laden with tense tales and endearing encounters. Okay, ready to get spooked? Madam 20 opens today's episode with a warning about messing with Ouija boards. And given the tenure of this podcast, it's likely you're going to hear more warning episodes in the future. My junior year of high school, I went to a party where the host brought out a Ouija board. I was big into paranormal stuff then, but I didn't know the dangers one of those boards could hold. Typical questions were asked, but my vision started to get incredibly dark, even though the lights were on. The last question asked was, how old will I be when I die? Everyone got traditional numbers, except for me. It just went to zero, and then one, then zero, then one. It bounced back and forth between those two numbers until someone shook the piece and said it was being stupid. At that point, I just stopped playing. It weirded me out. Now, I have a pretty good sense of things. I can sense and normally see beings or ghosts. He showed up to me during one of my classes, not even a few weeks later. At first, he felt like comfort, like a protector. But I would learn that that was not the case. Weird things in our home would happen. Drawers opening, whispers, shadows, lights in places where they shouldn't be, books moving. But at night, it would be worse. He would stand in front of my door, fear would ooze off of him, and his form would change. I have no doubt that he was downright evil. I dealt with this for a couple of years till I met my now husband. We got our first home and things began to escalate. Now keep in mind we had a small rental, about 400 square feet total. So standing in the living area, you could see really any point of the house. Footsteps, breathing, and whispers became the norm. All the time my soon-to-be husband was a practicing Wiccan and had blessed our home but forgot about the porch and outer walls. We would hear scratches on the walls, knocking on the door and windows. 
People have seen my attachment as a shadow, and everyone stated he was tall, built like a brick house, and that he felt outright bad. They said he would always go back into the room I was in. My husband tried to banish him, and it did not go well. You see, my husband worked the closing shift and would get home at about 3.30am. There was a road he would have to take that was very haunted as well. Lots of accidents and located right next to a good-sized river. One night, he got home and he was extremely pale and sweating. I knew something happened, but he wouldn't tell me what it was. At the time, he didn't want me to worry. After about a week, he finally told me that driving on that road that night, his brakes failed and he couldn't stop. He was going about 60 miles an hour and the wheel began to jerk out of his hands towards the river. He had to use all of his strength to keep that car on the road, which was curvy to begin with. Spoiler alert, the brakes were fine the next day and the wheel was not having any issues. When he told me this, I finally said that enough was enough. If evil could exist, so could good, and I started taking him with me to a church that my parents were going to. I gave myself to God, told the entity that it was not welcome and needed to leave, and the haunting stopped. For the first time in years, my home was quiet and it has stayed that way even though I have stopped going to church for the most part. We no longer live in that house and have even moved out of state, but even our new home is quiet and kind. The only spirit that visits is my fur baby, Solo, who we said goodbye to last year. From my experiences, don't play with Ouija boards. It nearly cost my love's life in the long run. Okay, so there is nothing in this world or otherwise that would make me even remotely curious to try a Ouija board. Now, my friend Aiden at Susto, the podcast, you should listen to it, highly recommend, recently did a little seance thing where he was at a local venue and was going over the Ouija board and stuff. And I was like, man, I'd be so interested to go, but I'm terrified. So good on him for being so brave and good on the people who went to his event. That was incredible. Now, your story and many others are cautionary enough for me to stay firmly away from them. Kids, I'll say it again. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I'll say it in the afterlife when you're channeling me in your Ouija board sessions. Don't mess with the Ouija board. Our next story is told by Storm GK1, who questions whether they made the right choice. that thing that has been in my house for 17 years to show himself tonight, and I'm questioning whether I made the correct choice. For context, my parents bought land when I was little, and they built the house from the ground up. I moved there when the building was finished, and I'm the first owner that lives here with my parents. The weird thing started from the beginning. The first weird thing was that I started hearing my mom or my grandmother calling my name, and when I asked them why they called me, they said that they hadn't. The second thing was when I was alone, I sometimes heard knocking from my front door. And me being a child, I would open it to look around, but no one would be there. The third thing was that I started getting nightmares constantly, so I started sleeping in my parents' room. 
The fourth thing was that I started getting chills randomly. All those things started slowly going away as I got older. It then came back harder some years ago. I started waking up in the middle of the night, sweating profusely, even in winter when it gets negative 10 to negative 20 degrees. I started getting anxious when I was home alone or at night. The banging started again, but this time it was on the walls too. We even started hearing them in the sauna or washing room. My parents thought it was mice or rodents. I started hearing shuffling and creaking even in the day. The last two years have been unbearable. I have started seeing things in the corner of my eye when I would move around the house during the day, but when I look back, I won't see anything unusual. I started noticing that some doors, like the sauna and bathroom, would be slightly open, even though no one had gone in there. And it even started happening to my closet. These could all be a coincidence, right? I can't explain or rationalize these next events. I woke up one morning at 2 or 3 a.m. with a sweat like usual, but this time I couldn't go back to sleep even though I was sleepy. I started getting anxious and scared for no reason, and I noticed that there was no sound outside. Usually at this time of the year, the middle of summer, I would hear some birds or crickets, but I didn't. I didn't hear anything except a light scratching sound. I was on the second floor with my window fully open, so I laid there awake until 6 a.m. The second thing was when I was alone with my dad this September. We were upstairs playing on our computers when suddenly I heard our front door open and someone walking around. My dad heard it too and he went to check it out because usually when my mom comes home, she always says hello. We looked all over the house and found no one. The third one was two days ago. I was going to bed at 1am and when I was tucking myself in, I pulled my legs up to let the blanket go around my legs. I felt someone holding on to the right side corner of my blanket and not letting it go. I panicked and looked to the right side and saw nothing. So like I said, I asked that thing to show himself tonight so that I could know if it was all a coincidence or not, but I'm starting to doubt myself. Because after I said that, my heart randomly dropped, and I don't know the reason. Just like you asked for it to show itself, you also have the power to ask it to stop. If you don't feel safe anymore with this entity, you really should try telling it to leave the house and that it's no longer welcome there. You don't have to continue forcing yourself to live in that situation if you don't want to. Most of the time, they will respect your wishes, so give it a try. Cilantro tells us our next heartwarming, wholesome tale. It's really silly, but it's just so strange to me. I had a 15-year-old Pomeranian. She was my family dog since I was a young teen. And then I sort of got full custody of her about seven years ago when my mom moved into a place where she couldn't keep her. So she sort of became just my dog. Anyway, her whole life she was a little brat about getting into garbage, no matter where it was. 
If the opportunity arose for her to get into some garbage, she'd tear into it and make it the biggest mess possible so she was banned from ever going in the kitchen unattended. It wore on my patience because she was trained and knew she wasn't supposed to do it, but she was so sneaky about it and sometimes would get in everything in there. It was always the same ritual. Knock down bin, drag out bag, pick through, and take a few things that would be found in obscure places. This was such a trait of her personality that my family always jokingly referred to her as the garbage hound. She passed away last month after a cancer diagnosis. She went downhill really fast and she was gone before it even really hit me that she was sick. It's been hard, as these things are. So today, I went out for a few hours to get some groceries and stuff. When I got home, I walked into the kitchen and the garbage bin was tipped over. The bag was clearly put out and there was trash strewn across the floor. I literally just stared at it for a few seconds while my mind was registering it and running through what could have happened. I live alone and it wasn't tipped when I left. I could never leave a mess like that. I was trying to see if something somehow fell from somewhere and tipped the bin and everything just fell out, but it looks picked through just the way it did when my dog got into it. One thing was a yogurt container that was across the entire kitchen and under a table, and she'd always specifically take small containers like that. I know it sounds so stupid, but I really think it couldn't have fallen this way on its own. I have one other dog, but she's a tiny two-pound chihuahua, and she can't walk on hard floors. She's always been too afraid to because she slips and hurts her legs. She was in my carpeted room, and she would have had to walk down the hall, through the living room, and into the kitchen, which all have hardwood floors. She wouldn't have been able to tip the bin over by herself either, and has never gotten into garbage, so I just don't know. It's not that serious, but it's weird. Okay, so I absolutely loved this story, and I think I've shared in past episodes, Cilantro, that my dog, my very first dog, JD, and my cat, Gorda, aka Cutie, aka Gordita Crunch, all of the names, she and him both come to my home. I see them in my peripheral as little lake wisps, and just the things that they used to do, and maybe sure, if you're a skeptic, you know, it could just be my brain because I miss them so much and I love them so much still, you know, longing to see them and longing to have their companionship again. Or maybe, if you believe in the paranormal, that's their spirit kind of coming back to a place that's safe and interested to see who's kind of in their territory now. But anywho, while it's sad to no longer have your fur child in the physical realm, I really think she was trying to continue being a garbage hound in the next realm just to make you smile. Our next story is told by Revival Knife, who experienced a recurring nightmare in only one night.
This is a nightmare that has stayed with me for years. It really felt like something supernatural or paranormal was happening to me. Let me first start off with the way my apartment was set up, because it's important. I rented an apartment out of a house. The landlord lived in half the house. Our apartment was the other half. The living room looks like it used to be one big room, but was later divided by a set of French doors to make the bedroom area. So when facing the French doors in bed, I can see through the living room windows across the rooms. I couldn't breathe. I sprung awake in bed with a cold sweat, erratic breathing, shaking, and slight dizziness. Must be my blood sugar. Let me check. 155. Nope, I'm not low. I start panicking because I don't know what's wrong, only increasing my symptoms. I decided to go into the bathroom and splash my face with some water and use a washcloth to dry up. I hung it on the towel rack and made my way back to the bedroom. On the way back, I was stopped in my tracks. Suddenly, I couldn't move. It felt like in a dream when you try to walk or run and you feel like your legs are filled with cement. I started going down, desperately trying to drag myself across the floor to reach the foot of my then-boyfriend to wake him up to ask for help. But then I wake up in my bed, fuzzy. <laughs> what? I guess that was a dream. I quickly drifted back to sleep. I woke up again shortly after, as I often do in the middle of the night. I roll over to get comfy and I face the living room window. The blinds are mostly closed but are askew so you can see out from the bottom half of the window. I see a silhouette standing there. I roll back over to wake up my boyfriend in a panic. But before I can wake him, I woke up again. Another dream? Whew. Roll back over to the window again. Now I see a face in the window. The best I can describe it is it kind of looked like Darth Maul from Star Wars or that demon from Insidious. I rolled over to my boyfriend in a panic and the same thing happened. Before I can wake him up, I woke up from the dream, or so I thought. I rolled over to the window side again. Now it's in the living room. I wake up in bed again, thinking, whoa, I've had dreams where I thought I woke up, but never multiple times like that. I roll over. Now it's right outside the set of French doors. Wake up again. Now it's on the bedroom side of the doors. Wake up again. Now it's standing next to me. Wake up again. Now it's at the foot of my bed, just staring at me. Wake up again, still standing and staring. Repeat this process at least 10 to 15 more times. I wish I was exaggerating. Each time an aura of dread filled the air, the feeling of primal fear. It never really attacked me, but it did pull on and sharply scratch my legs a few times. Every time I woke up and see it's still there, I started slapping myself, pulling on my hair, scratching myself, screaming at it, anything I could think of to try and wake me up from these nightmares again and again and again. I wake up after what seems like hours of this. I look around. The room is empty. No Darth Maul demon anywhere to be seen. I'm finally awake for real this time. Tears of fear and relief come into my eyes when I realize this horrible dream is over. I lay back down and snuggle up to my boyfriend, being the big spoon, and decided to wake him up for some much-needed comfort. I shake him awake, and he slowly rolls over to face me. Except, it's not him. It's the demon.
I go to scream, but before I can, I wake up again. The feeling of dread has completely vanished. I slap myself a few times just to make sure I'm awake this time, and I finally am. It's now around 4am and I am exhausted, but I'm sure as hell not falling asleep again. The search of the house would have to wait until daylight hours. I was way too scared to leave the bed again. Once a few more hours had passed, I decided to get out of bed. I was wondering how much of the night was part of the dream. Did I really wake up in a cold sweat, or check my blood sugar, or even go to the bathroom to wash up? I checked my glucose monitor. There was the result, time stamped around when I remember getting up the first time. Then I check the bathroom and the wet washcloth is hanging on the towel rack. So apparently I did wake up in a cold sweat, tested my blood sugar, and went into the bathroom. I have no explanation for what happened after. If I did go to the bathroom and if I did pass out on the floor, how did I wake up in bed that first time? I know this sounds nuts, but I think maybe my body went back to bed after washing my face but somehow my consciousness stayed behind in the bathroom. My body was asleep, but my soul was somewhere else. I've never experienced anything like this prior or after, no matter how many times I tried to replicate it. I'm sure there could be a logical or medical explanation, or maybe I had a reaction to something, but I don't know. It was unlike any nightmare I've had before, and I have them quite frequently. It just felt so different. I do believe that my soul traveled to another plane. It has stayed with me very vividly ever since. This isn't the first time I've experienced something paranormal either. I'm fairly convinced my childhood home is haunted or some kind of paranormal sensitivity runs on my mother's side of the family. My childhood home is also my mother's childhood home. My grandma lives with us too. We're upstairs, she's downstairs. And her mother, my great-grandmother, lived there as well and slept in my grandmother's current bedroom, but passed on before I was born. Also, before I was born, the house was only one level. Just a little history. My great-grandmother who passed, she was blind and mostly deaf towards the end. It's not uncommon for patients to hallucinate auditorily or visually. She always saw and heard people climbing through the walls, windows, heard scratching and banging, and felt people touching her. It was probably nothing, but considering the other experiences, I don't know. There might be some validity, even if exaggerated. My grandmother frequently feels someone sitting down on the foot of her bed at night. When my mother and father were first dating, he spent the night and he woke up to see a woman rocking back and forth in a rocking chair knitting. When he described what she looked like to my mom, it sounded like her grandmother. My mom can astral project. Not on purpose, it just happens. In these dreams, she can fly around and even into houses, houses that we've never been in, only for her to confirm that it's what the house looked like after visiting or being invited into the neighbor's house. Here are some first-hand experiences. My bed would randomly shake, as if there's a small earthquake going on or if a really big truck rolled past the house. But there was never anything there. No earthquakes either. I lived in New York, so earthquakes weren't a regular thing by any means. I felt taps on my shoulder from behind when alone in my kitchen. Once I woke up in the middle of the night to grab some water from the kitchen and realized my dog was growling. Then this shadow figure ran right through me. 
There was also the time that almost every picture in the house of a late relative fell off the walls at once. This sounds like complete BS, all of this probably does, but sometimes I dream of the future. Not anything major, like I'm walking down a road I've never been on before. Then within the next few days, I'm in an area that looks the same as my dream. Sometimes I wake up with injuries I'd suffer in a dream, such as a scratch or a bruise, but I'm also super clumsy, so that could be an explanation for that at least. Also, streetlights frequently go out when I walk under them, and I can tell when one will. Not sure if that's related, but super creepy. Anyways, thank you for coming to my paranormal TED Talk. I can't tell you the amount of anxiety I felt when reading this story, because I read these often at night, in my booth, with the lights off, to get the vibe of spookiness so that it portrays correctly when I'm reading it to you guys. And I'm not gonna lie, it was a lot, very intense. And this is my anxious voice, <laughs> not my podcast voice. <laughs> Anywho, we've all probably experienced trying to wake up from a nightmare only to still be dreaming maybe once in a night. But you had some straight up Freddy Krueger level type stuff going on there. And I won't discredit your idea that you may have astral projected and didn't know how to like return to your body since you didn't know that you were actually doing it. And it's also why I won't ever do it because I have a feeling I would just get like stuck in this realm of astralness and no thanks. Although it sounds like a perfectly fine vacation from the instability that is my life currently. <laughs> now, I wonder if you projected into another realm and that demon-like creature was there and equally was curious about why you were around. I don't know, something to think about. A Blast Tyrant, cute name, tells us about the time they got insanely strange vibes from a guy one night at work. I'll try to be brisk here. This happened in 2020 when I was in college. I worked at the little on-campus fast food style restaurant as a cashier for that year, doing the late shift about 7 to 11 or midnight on weekends. It was always me and one other person, but they were in the back during this whole experience. I'm having my usual semi-boring shift of taking orders and making milkshakes when this group comes in, three blonde girls and one guy. I've never seen them around campus. It was a smaller school, for reference. The guy is strange. I really don't know how to describe him otherwise. He looked plain, all things considered. Larger build, shorter guy, tan skin, and dark hair. Only thing about him that seemed immediately odd was his eyes seemed to face opposite directions, and might have been mostly pupil, weirdly? Like, they were dilated or something. Frankly, I assumed it was just some sort of eye condition, Maybe he couldn't see very well or something since he seemed a bit stumbly and wouldn't look at people when they were talking, but he commented on the size of one of the girl's burgers later on, so I wasn't certain. Still, that's not the thing here. That's likely nothing. Weird as this is going to sound, the guy had an aura, like palpably. The instant he walked in and entered my line of sight, I was just hit with this feeling of euphoria, like a high. It wasn't even that I thought the guy was interesting or good-looking or something rational like that. It's hard to describe. It's like the instant he was even vaguely close to me, 
the feeling just showed up. I genuinely felt suspicious of it. He and the girls came up to the cash register and ordered. He didn't order. I didn't even speak to him, but as soon as they got close, I got incredibly intense ASMR for no apparent reason. The real stuff, I mean, like the medical term. Not the relaxation feeling, the scalp tingling sensation. If I ever normally get it, which is rare, it's from people speaking with an interesting voice or accent. They hadn't said a word. Feeling stays while he's in the main dining area near me. It lingers after he walks off into the other room adjoining the dining area, and only slowly fades after he's away for a while. I immediately thought, this doesn't feel natural, as it was happening. It's hard to explain, but you can kind of tell when a feeling you're getting is justified, that you have a reason to feel that way, right? If a nice-looking girl or guy I liked walked up to me, I could understand having a feeling wash over me. I was at work, mildly bored and just trying to focus on working, and this random, average dude just enters the room and the feeling hits me like a waterfall. Imagine you're walking down a busy street and one random pedestrian passes you and you're just suddenly feeling extremely good, like almost high, for no reason whatsoever. It wouldn't make sense and you'd notice it. It wasn't like I was just interested in who this person was. It was literally his proximity to me that forced a feeling on me that I immediately felt suspicious of. It felt forced. I genuinely cannot tell why I got this feeling. He just seems extremely like some Joe Schmo who maybe has something up with his eyes. However, it really weirded me out that he seemingly exuded this feeling and has all the girls following him around, brought some kind of worrying implications to my mind. I get this isn't the most empirical thing to talk about, but I can't really ignore it as it still bothers me to this day. Has anyone else experienced something like this? Like I said, I cannot stress this enough. The feeling felt unnatural, and I can't really come up with a good reason why I would have felt like that. This experience definitely goes up to the top of the strangest stories I have ever had to read on this show. I can't imagine what creature would do something like that except maybe a demon or something similar like that. I'd love to hear any theories about what anyone else may have experienced, if you've ever experienced anything similar. Very curious about that. I've been around people, I'm a big energy person too, so when people have really negative energy or they just take up a lot of space energy-wise, it's very overwhelming for me and I have to make sure that I am protected, especially like if I go antique shopping, oh my gosh. I've never felt a feeling like that. I mean, you again have negative energy and positive energy, but nothing that I couldn't explain. Like, there was a tangible and reasonable explanation to say, like, yeah, I don't like this person, so that's why I felt that way. Can't explain this. Our final eerie encounter is told by Caranormal Activity about a creature in the South Carolina mountains, a place I will now take off my list to visit. This took place last year at the beginning of summer. I was with my mom headed down to my Nana's farm to visit for a weekend. For some context, she lives on a farm way back in the country, right at the foot of a mountain in rural South Carolina. 
It's a very rural, secluded area, so the roads are badly maintained and barely wide enough for two cars to pass one another. The houses are also spread out and set far back into the tree line from the road, so there's very little ambient light besides the headlights of a car. So my mom and I were driving along, her in the driver's seat and me in the passenger. It was around 11pm and we're 15 minutes out from Nana's, deep in the woods with the radio down almost to silent. We come onto this straight stretch of road in a heavy wooded area and suddenly this blur of a creature darts out across the road, right at the edge of our headlights. It was moving pretty good, but both me and my mom were able to get a good look at it and both agree on what we saw. It was a fairly large creature, roughly the size of a person. Neither of us could make out the head, but we both remember it appearing to have a segmented body. Those are my mom's words. As if it were emaciated and its rib cage was poking out. The reflection of light made it hard for me to tell the color, but my mom said she remembered it to be dark and she didn't see fur or hair. It had long limbs, and as it moved across the road, it didn't run the way a dog or horse would with all four legs. The best word to describe it would be lopping, using its front limbs to pull itself along, and it was moving considerably fast. We both said something along the lines of, what the hell is that, as it crossed in front of us. As we got up to where it had crossed, I turned to look at it just as it reached the other side of the road and out of our headlights. I swear on my life, it stood up and ran, not like a dog rearing on its hind legs. It was definitely bipedal. I immediately yelled that it had stood up and we both started getting nervous. I honestly would have thought I was going insane had I not had another person in the car with me. My mom has always been a pretty level-headed person and not superstitious, but she was very nervous and made me agree to not tell my Nana about it to avoid scaring her, which made me recognize how serious this was. I should also mention that there had apparently been a series of attacks on livestock and horses in the area around the time this happened. People were saying they found wire fences ripped through and their animals attacked. I don't think any died, but if I remember correctly, there were a few horses that were severely wounded. There have been a few other strange instances in that area, but that was my personal experience. Okay, so when I was reading the story, I immediately thought of a chupacabra, like Mexican folklore chupacabra, the thing that goes and basically eats goats. Um, look it up, Google it, maybe one day I'll do an episode on it, I don't know. Anywho, like I said, don't plan to visit this particular area soon, the mountains are a safe bet to find these hidden creatures in apparently, and listen, deforestation not only affects animals, but other mysterious things as well, you know? Like, who knows what else we'll find, maybe we'll finally see... Bigfoot. Who knows? No idea. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me, hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter, for now, at podcast underscore haunted. Instagram at It's Haunted What Now or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance by Jesse Hawk, writing assistance by Sherilyn Reyes. The official composer and audio smith for the show is Neeks at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. 
Did you hear that? <laughs>